Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left Broadcasting on 104.4 Resonance FM. I'm Steve Curran. Uh, and I'm Anne Scantlebury. And the other one's missing. Where is he? Where is he? He's in Hawaii. Of course he is. The last I saw was a tweet from Simon saying he was at the airport with a plastic water bottle full of wine that he'd smuggled in there. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that it was still Sunday where he was. So I guess uh, guess he's in another time zone. Wow. Who knows? Well, we'll miss him, uh, but we'll get through today. We were struggling a bit, weren't we? Yeah. We were a bit worried um, because we realised Simon is the one who sorts out the guests. He's, um, what do you call that? Booker. Booker. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, show booker. He's one life left showrunner. No, Booker. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm the showrunner. Yeah, you are. You're HR. Yeah. And uh, because Simon was miss- missing, we forgot to book anyone. anyone. And because we weren't, obviously, we weren't on uh, last week, so we didn't have time to have a, a debrief after the show last week. I mean, so, right, come on, let's sort this out. In theory, that would give us two weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably should have done it. We, saw, we, we sort of didn't do it. And then you did remind us, you were on yeah. it. You did remind us maybe... A, day ago yeah <laughs> we got anyone for monday and i was like no it'll sort itself out tweeted this morning did it sort itself out no i sorted it out well done and what happened well i called in ever faithful friend of the show uh, and gma nominee philippa war hello <laughs> uh, because you know usually when there's when there's only two of us we like to some you know sometimes we have in a guest um guest presenter mm. pip has presented on here before yeah. with us um, and is also on as guest so it's it's guest guest I mean on one hand we have to get on the best people right to bring up the average after Simon's when Simon's not here 100%. we have to bring you know bring the quality back up and on the other hand it's a good time to get in all of the people Simon doesn't like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so welcome Pip hello how have you been hi I'm very well thank you glad to be on here and to say hello to both of you and not Simon obviously I yeah, blocked obviously. him on Twitter nice. <laughs> it's excellent to see you as well have you had a good week and um yeah uh, I did some exercise at the weekend mm, um I went curling I got a coach to go curling in Kent um, <laughs> Alliterative as well. <laughs> it really was. Uh, and it was an excellent time. And I took a, a, an incredible video of my boyfriend falling over, which is just the best thing. I've that watched that about four times on that Facebook site. If you site. turn it into an animated oh, yes. gif, if no, you do that, I we'll should. put it on the One Life Left Twitter. Okay, it's I'll, really good. I'll gif it. Maybe put some sparklies on there. And, and maybe the like impact the on... falling over that, that really made it for me. On yeah. his knees. Because he yeah. tries to get up, doesn't yeah. he? Tries to get up. Oh, on the ice. I mean, you would. Waddles off. Waddles it's off great. on his knees. He's a tall man. Um, <laughs> or maybe I'll try and blingy that. But uh, that so that was exercise, and it turns out with curling you get up and down quite a lot because you have to push the stone, I believe mm-hmm. it's called. Um, but also you have to do loads of sweeping. 
on ice to make oh, the stone. Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it really is. So I've woken up this morning and I can't decide if I'm ill or if I've just done some exercise. <laughs> so I'm going with, oh, 50-50 probably. Uh, how's your week been, though, Steve? It was good. I had a very, very good weekend. Um, I played cricket on Saturday. It was excellent. I was disastrous. But the human mind is a brilliant thing. Yeah. And I've managed to forget all of the times I let the team down by dropping catches or missing stumpings from a couple of yards away and all of the balls that I bowled down the leg side filth. Um, and I only remember the single ball that I bowled, uh, which, which looked as though it was missing off stump, but uh, turned turned hit the hit the hit the ground my offspin turned in and the batsman left it he thought he was fine just raised his bat and it turned in and hit middle and it was beautiful and I am ascribing that to my skill rather than it hitting a twig Amazing. on the floor. It was you know, fantastic. There's a there's a term for that in curling for mm. when it um sort of goes at the end. Yeah. What's it? called curling (laughs) I did a curler then okay good well uh, we are one life left we're a video game radio show we will be talking about video games I suspect probably let's not rule anything out though first we're going to begin with the news On Monday the 12th of October, I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. The UK government has introduced a £4 million development fund for small studios. The video game prototype fund will run between now and 2019 with grants of £25,000 and £50,000 being offered to help new and young games development businesses create working prototypes of games. Speaking of the fund, Minister for Culture and Digital Economy Ed Vasey said, Britain's video games punch well above their weight internationally and we need to build on this and invest in the strength of our creativity. This is exciting. So uh, we're going to get £25,000, one assumes. I I mean, the the thing that I'm struggling with here is we've got more than a prototype. What do we have? Oh, no, wait, this is, the radio show isn't a game in itself, is it? It really doesn't count. (laughs) I mean, it could be. I mean, in some ways it is a game. There are winners and there are losers. Uh, Not sure which one But we we should definitely try and get in on some of this money. 25 grand? Brilliant. So it's 4 million... Yeah. Across three years, yeah. twenty-five grand each. How many people does that mean uh, are going to get twenty-five to fifty grand? Do we know how many people are going to get this money? How many does fifty go into okay. uh, four million? Fifty thousand goes into, into four million. Come on, we can do this. So Two times ten, fifty is a hundred thousand. Yeah. Ten times a hundred thousand is one million. Yeah. So that's twenty in each million. Yeah. Times four, so that's eighty. So 80 could get the maximum, and they're only going to do a limited number of those. Right, and so it's between 80 and 160 wow. different companies that are going to kick off, which is exciting. Right? Live maths. I think 25 grand, um, 25 grand for a small vi- video game uh, company can be... Uh, can be a really, really important figure. Like it can, it can change the way you uh, make games, especially if you are, say, you're a team of students coming fresh from university, and you've decided you can maybe fund your company for six months on money you've saved. And um, what what they're uh, hoping that this will do is um, to get people on their way to getting more private investment mm. um, from others. So then getting them to the stage where they've got a prototype to take out to others to get investment um, from other areas. Right. So you can spend uh, six months, maybe two of you, working on uh, a prototype, producing a, a proof of concept, um, and maybe even have some money left over to freelance, to, to get some freelancers in and produce proof of concept and then get loads and loads of money and become like supercell and then the british government will learn lots and lots of money from the tax that you raise as a business assuming they remember to charge you for uh, yeah. uh, you know corporation tax and stuff like that which i believe has been a thing in the paper it today has been. but you know if the government's giving you money maybe you should pay back in Jessica Curry has stepped down from her position as studio head at the Chinese Room. She gave several reasons, including her health, but her big farewell blog included some troubling things about the state of the games industry. Curry described the studio's relationship with the publisher of recent game Everyone's Gone to the Rapture as toxic, saying that publishers' behaviour should be challenged. She also explained that she is tired of the sexism she's experienced in the industry, recalling times that she's been mistaken for creative director Dan Pinchbeck's PA. It's not all, all awful, though, because she's got some good projects lined up. Mm, this was a punishing thing to read, oh. wasn't it? Mm. Pip, what did you think? 
Um, I, I I think I tweeted at Jessica to just sort of say, you know, it's because it, it's such a horrible situation and, and one that sort of y- you see echoes of in other people's experience and also in my own, I guess, and and sort of wanted to to sort of have some sense of solidarity there but also um the work that she's done previously the composing work has been fantastic and i i I really sort of wanted to you know just wish her well for the future because i think that those the the upcoming projects sound far healthier i think and and but it does raise a whole bunch of of issues that are that just come up time and time again being mistaken for somebody who is nothing to do with gaming or, or or someone who is assisting the dude who's stood next to you or you know those things are are recurring problems that and and i've encountered a few times myself um i think it's the fact that uh it's so punishing being a woman in games sometimes that if you're not at your peak fitness, uh, mm. health-wise, mental health-wise, then, you know, it sort of messes you up. And it, it takes an awful lot just to get through a day sometimes. It can be incredibly grinding, and each interaction that feels that way sort of sets you up badly for the next one, even if the next one isn't sort of intended that way. So it's it's sort of a net drain on, on resources. But, yeah, it was it was a really sort of... Um, it's a, uh, I, I would advise people to go read it and sort of... Uh, yeah... Hi, Steve. Hi. Is this uh, this a societal problem or is it one for video games? Uh, I think it is is broadly societal. Being a woman is really tough a lot of the time and I think that... um, And also it goes beyond that, obviously, that um, people uh, across society have really, really tough times and I think that people who are in more privileged positions sometimes don't understand that. Mm. And it's the fact that it's, it's... You have to deal with all that stuff and also get the job done. But um, that doesn't mean it's not a thing that video games shouldn't address because yeah. we're a young, progressive industry and we pride ourselves on a lot of the progressive things that we do and so this is something we should take on. Um, one of the things, the thing that struck me about Jessica's blog, uh, which I found really punishing to read, was that this was not a hypothetical thing. This was her very, very real experience and none of it was super dramatic or anything. It was just like... This is what has happened to me, mm. right? And she is someone who's considered, uh, you know, a respected member of the video game industry. So, what it's like for what is it like for everybody who doesn't even have the reputation that that some of us, you know, think she has? And she's obviously super, super talented and does all these amazing things. And you know, not everybody in the games industry is as super talented as that. For example, that. us. I know. We're, we're not. Still, we're getting by, aren't we're we? We're getting but... by. But it's, but it's the fact that, you know, she has all this incredible talent, but every every single encounter that chips away at it, chips away at your creativity and your desire to be part of an industry that just doesn't care. Game will soon have a dedicated Steam section in all of its UK stores. The sections will have the Steam hardware devices ready to sell on the 10th of November. You'll also be able to buy Steam prepaid cards from there. The retailer is the exclusive non-digital retailer for Steam hardware in the UK. Valve's Gabe Newell said, Creating a store within a store across North America and the UK is a significant win for getting the first generation of Steam hardware products into gamers' hands. The year is 2015 and an internet-based digital distribution platform is infiltrating your shop your homes, and soon, your dreams. How many times do you think you have to say the word steam before it starts to feel a bit weird? You know if you repeat a word over and over and over again? You said steam a lot in that story. Yeah. Steam. 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 It will always be 17 for me. You can't spell steam without steam. It's true. It's true. Unfortunately. Steam. It's your statement. Uh, yeah, so um, good for good for Steam and good for good, good for, game. for game for <laughs> for railing against the uh, raging against the dying of the light. Uh, it's just uh, <laughs> the thing that struck me about this story is it's so weird to have a, a company that is entirely based online, and of course there are, these are physical products. And but can't you just get stuff delivered to home? Like I, it's it's the fact that retail. Retail is still there. No matter how much it's dying, people are still aware that that, in some ways, legitimises things. Yeah, we need something on the streets. Mm. I mean, people do like like it, right? But there's also the sort of um, the footfall of people who think, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get a 
present for somebody who Mm -hmm. enjoys gaming i'll go to game and you know that's a sort of a logical leap and then you know oh i don't really know what to get them i'm a bit sort of you know there's so much choice what if they don't like it i'll get them a gift card of this (laughs) thing that has all these games available worst gift aren't they (laughs) oh i love them they're terrible give me a gift card for pizza express and i'm (laughs) (laughs) i quite like it i quite like a gift card yeah Yeah. although i always end up spending extra because you're like you want to spend up to the limit so that you get your thing but then you, you end don't up want to a lose few out. quid. Isn't like, a gift oh. card just sort of a nebulous way of saying, I know a little bit about you, but not really enough to care? Do you just want cash, Steve? I'd rather have cash. If that's the sort of the sort of open secret when someone gives you a gift card and say, here's a book token. that didn't get you at all? Would you prefer a present that was from somebody who, who thought that they knew you and then it turned out catastrophically misunderstood for all of these years? <laughs> but those, you know, you shouldn't th- see those things as misunderstandings and, you know, embarrassing gift you know if someone got me a miss selfridge uh, token <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't go you do not understand me i think well this is an opportunity you know? an opportunity to explore their t-shirt section <laughs> shall we get him a miss selfridge voucher for christmas i think so <laughs> BBC Three is going to stream the League of Legends World Championships as if you needed any more confirmation that esports are legit. The tournament will be held at Wembley Arena this year with coverage being hosted by Radio One's Dev Griffin and Julia Hardy. The four days of quarterfinals will be watchable online from this Thursday. The controller of BBC said... We jumped at the chance to collaborate with BBC Sports and bring this massive UK event to a wider audience. One Life Left remains convinced that being an esports champion is in our future. Right, don't get it, Pip, because I thought the worlds were happening at the moment. Worlds are happening at the moment. They've co-opted all of October. So, So what's this? What's this? This is the quarterfinals that are taking place in London from Thursday to Sunday this week. Oh, so it is the Worlds. So it's happening... So we've had two weeks' worth of group stages and now it moves on to the proper, like, knockout stuff. So there's quarterfinals this week, end of this week, and then it's semifinals the week after that and then there's going to be the grand final in Berlin on Halloween. I see. So the BBC are just doing the quarterfinals or are they doing any more? As far as I know, just doing the quarterfinals because obviously it's the home stretch because it's spread across all of Europe so the group stages all took place in Paris then it's going to move to London for these four days and then it's off to Brussels for two days for the quarterfinals and then Berlin for the finals. It's obviously a fairly big moment for esports legitimacy to be broadcast on the BBC. On the very same channel as Don't Tell the Bride. (laughs) (laughs) What more legitimacy do you need Steve? Yeah uh, well Don't Tell the Bride has made the leap from BBC Three to BBC One of course and esports want to see. Yeah, yes. I only go on the, the budget's gone up as well. It's twelve grand to fourteen grand. No. Yes, true. <laughs> that two grand could make a big difference it's when how it comes you get down Joe to swash. <laughs> um, the difference. So, um, so do you think this will this will increase esports audience? Uh, do you think it'll increase? Um, do you think it'll improve uh, the way the public look on uh, esports? I think. Uh, demographically it's a a decent fit I think they had the figures in the press release and it's you know the 16 to 24 age range is the Mm. predominant one for for BBC Three and so you know obviously that's a kind of key demographic when it comes to esports um, and also I think that sort of hosting this stuff um, esports kind of takes games uh, takes the game that you're doing the esport of as a legitimate entity to start with I mean when you cover football you don't start questioning whether football is even a game you know to, to start with so I think that that's in and of itself interesting because it's a different way of approaching games because I think usually from from what I've picked up from just watching the odd programme that they have in, every now and again that focuses in on games is sort of it's a lot sort of questioning gamer culture and whether games are even sort of have value mm. a lot of the time and so I think this is interesting in that it, it, it wouldn't, I would hope, do that. And the other thing is that esports can be incredibly impenetrable so I'm really interested to see what the actual framing of it looks like on the BBC in terms of their communication of some incredibly complex systems and um, backstories and things Yeah, to that's what I was going to ask because I I, um, I watched our, uh, our programme on Chime uh, was watching the Worlds uh, the other day mm. uh, 
and I was interested because I've never been able to follow what goes on in League, and I know I I think I know something about video games. Yeah. And it's absolutely impenetrable to me. So I got him to explain a little bit about what was going on and, and you know, what I should be looking at. And it took a little while for me to understand. And even at the end of, you know, maybe 10 minutes of me watching, it still seemed like a mess. <laughs> you know, and I'm not, no, I, don't, I, I don't mean that as an attack because I, I get that there's a beauty there. And I've, I've uh, you know, I've got a long talk about, well, short talk about Dwarf Fortress, about how once you spend enough time within these systems, that veil lifts and suddenly you understand the beauty of within it and you get, it all makes sense to you. It all makes it mm. almost more worthwhile. But when you look at the sports that are a success, you know, that have been around for hundreds of years at least, so they've got that advantage over esports, but there is kind of a. Um, an elegant simplicity to most of the ones that succeed, at least on TV. Mm. Um, and I wonder how much of the things that attract attracted people to League in the first place is, you know, the stories and the backgrounds of the characters, the pretty graphics, the setting, are things that actually are going to drive the general public away because the, all they see are just orcs going at it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love your description of this whole thing. Um, I think that a, a lot of what I get out of it, certainly as a player, is the sense of challenge, the sense of teamwork, mm. the sense of unpicking um, complex systems and finally getting them to work for you better than the other people can. And then um, you watch that on a big screen with the pro players and it's like watching an absolute masterclass mm. levels and levels above what you can physically accomplish or you can get your team to do. And so it's kind of like, you know, the difference between your five-a-side on a Saturday versus watching the Football World Cup. Right. And so, but I, I, I totally take your point because it is a niche within a niche within a niche and, and sort of trying to unpick all of the different systems at play is, is something that I'm really interested to see what the BBC do, does with it because I'm going to have to watch it on Catch Up or something because I'm actually going to be there. But being there is actually a very interesting experience because um, League of Legends was, I think, my first, one of my first uh, big esports events I'd been to the international before that but I didn't really know League when I went to this event and so the thing that really opened it up to me was watching it was the Paris All-Star and all you need to know about that was it was the best teams in the world mm -hmm. fighting out against each other I didn't know who anyone was I didn't know any of the professional meta for that particular game but the French crowd going sort of really going for it cheering booing the the foot stamping the Mexican waves you know all of that stuff the very human mm -hmm. enthusiasm and love of the game and the character and the rivalries and you know all of that stuff and the ooh when a character got picked even if I didn't know why it was a, a properly electrifying yeah. experience and I guess that's the BBC's challenge is to somehow draw their audience into that and you know help them understand some of the magic without at the same time putting off the mm. hardcore who are going to be the people who actually watch it and get excited by it being well, on the I'm BBC. Because I think that some people will, uh, you know, the people who are hardcore watching it will want the professional casters and the, you know, yeah. the, the Riot own, you know, broadcasting and things. So I'll be interested mm, to see true. who actually mm. goes for the, the BBC version. You're going to watch it, Anne? 100%. And finally, Yeezy is not too pleasy with in-app purchasey, which is to say that <laughs> Kanye West got vocal on Twitter about how in-app purchases in kids' games are the absolute worst. His sweary tweet said, bleep any game company that puts in-app purchases on kids' games. Strong words. Obviously, everyone has decided this is super funny because he's very rich and because his wife makes a buttload of money from in-app purchases in her game Kim Kardashian Hollywood. Bet he spent the evening singing Gold Digger at her. <laughs> Very good, Anne. Classic fifth story. Yeah. Classic. Classic. Got that so, down. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this was interesting, wasn't it? I really enjoyed his series of tweets because it wasn't just one, was no, it? No, uh, let me... A couple um, of follow-ups as well. So there was... Oh, come back. Um, yes. Bleep any game company that puts in-app purchases on kids' games. We give the iPad to our child... Uh, and every five minutes there's a new purchase uh, if a game is made for a two-year-old just allow them to have fun and give the parents a break just give the parents a break all he wants is to sit down and have a cup of tea <laughs> i get it and i'm sure he's not the only person who's who's felt like that yeah of course the kim kardashian thing is a bit of a problem with his original thing but... uh, well so her um her response in an interview earlier this year was You've got to sort out your uh, parental controls, guys. Well, I mean, d obviously don't have your credit card hooked up to something that a kid could just 
press the thing and it's like well no but it's the prompts that are the uh, mm. that are aggravating here it's the prompts yeah. and having the kid feel like they can't progress anymore um, and maybe they don't understand that actually you can you just need to there are you know different other things like giving it time or you have to just keep playing and playing and playing to earn more stuff in it uh, but they don't understand that because it's saying here you can progress quickly if you just just buy this here's the problem I've I've got a uh, a, a game coming out uh, and it's not for kids it's for all ages a puzzle game um, and it'll be done in a few weeks I hope it's called Pixelgrams it's really good oh okay advert ends um, and we've been thinking a lot about how we sell this thing. It's um, ideally, as game creators, what we want to do is stick it out there as a I don't know two ninety nine game. Yeah. And uh, the dynamic though is sort of similar. You can imagine it. It's in the same um, world as Picross or, or Sudoku, that sort of thing. And there are so many similar games out there for free. If you put your puzzle game out there, a game like that out there, and charge any money up front, mm. no one's going to play it. Your friends might, your friends are friends, and people who you put the game in front of and say, this is great, and they'll love it. And, and, but you can't do that with everyone. You've got to put a free version out there. And the only way of making significant amounts of money is to put um, incentivized ads in there and to put in-app purchases in there. At which point you have a, a decision to make, right? If you want to make a beautiful thing, a pure thing that is morally correct and, and, and by lives, you know, is made by every principle that you believe in, or whether you want to make a second game. Because if you don't make money from the thing that you make, then you have to go and get another job. Is and there a yeah, so it's an issue. Like, as in, um, so you've mentioned about the the sort of the ad uh, yep. supported model and also yep. the the pay up front thing. Yeah. Um, what's the statistics like on conversion from you know like if you put ten levels out there free of charge mm-hmm. and then say well for more you need the full version you know what's the um, we've been advised about that mm-hmm. uh, against that that's kind of the old version of having a demo yeah. a light version yeah. out there and uh, we, apparently that doesn't work and I don't okay. understand the psychology behind that but that's certainly not how any of the games that make huge amounts of money work what we're going to do is I mean, we're to going fair, to you had me at it's like pie cross <laughs> <laughs> so so what we're going to do is put a version out there that is is ad free and you pay uh, 2.99 or you stick with the version which has ads in there um, but I completely understand that you know that all of the people who are making in any form, whether it's making games for kids, and, and I'm sure there are actually some regulations there about this, and I'm also sure that Apple are doing everything to stop these kind of negative publicity with the with the parental controls and stuff. Um, but I understand why they why they have to put in app purchases in there because they want to make this is a job, right, to them, and they're not trying to be evil, but they're trying to come up with a way of saying, okay, kids. Uh, you want more of this? Well, somehow we've got to pay for that. These mm. games can't exist without some kind of monetary model attached to them. I, I think it is awful, but I don't... I completely understand um, why it exists. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that there were uh, more strict guidelines and, and regulations about what you were allowed to do and how you were allowed to incentivize and get, you know, what kinds of in-app purchases you were allowed to put into children's games. I'm sure that's true. Well, it like would that. make sense if that's true. I'm, I, you know, I, that's not something that's affected my game development, but... I just I can't remember whether it was like a series of proposals or whether they'd actually been a- enacted. So I think Apple a, did uh, a, a little while question. ago did make a change. I can't remember the specifics of it, but um, but it's got to still come up at some point. Like mm. if it's a, if it's a free to play game and there are in app purchases, it's gonna come up and it's gonna get annoying. Yeah, and I, I think as well that uh, the the uh, the parental uh, controls thing needs to be if if you know people are still missing it then mm. that needs to be sort of flagged up it needs to be sort of better um understood i guess there needs to be better anyway, literacy in terms of yeah guys it's okay because if anyone <laughs> if anyone can fix this it's kanye right yeah because he's got the power it's a joke because kanye okay, has yeah. got a song oh. called power thanks Anne. <laughs>
You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a brilliant, brilliant piece of music I have out on chipmusic.org. Earlier today, it's by Dire Hit, and it's called DX7 Test. If this is a test, I can't wait to hear what happens next. Uh, what do you think, Anne? Um, it sounded like you were about to uh, like launch off into space, I think. I think the best chip tune music always does maybe my phone is slowly turning on um it's doing that because we need to read the letters out one of the other things that simon byron does on the show runner and admin is the uh, letter section so while he uh, while boy. while we wait for our phones to uh, boot up let's have the local news hello i'm sega badawi and welcome to one life left local news Shopkeepers in Hyrule and its surrounding villages are saying that the tariff on bags are having a detrimental effect on their sales. The government decided to add a 5 rupee tariff to all bags that are dispensed with purchases. Beadle, the shopkeeper, has been particularly vocal about the policy. He said, Oh, it's frustrating that many of my customers try to bring carrier bags with them up the ladder to my mobile shop. But if there are strong winds, then the gusts snatch them away and they give up on reaching me. I understand that we need to save the environment, but the only technology we have is a train, and even that's been forgotten about since Link completed Spirit Tracks. We advise all listeners to take good quality, high-capacity bags when they go shopping. Ask Link and he'll tell you where to get them. Thanks and back to your usual programming. Thank you for all of your letters over the past two weeks. Uh, Anne is going to read out the best of them right now. Um, This one is just straight in. Straight in. No messing around. Subject. Question. I quite like that. Mm. Yeah. Bulk of email. Favourite game music ever. Nominating pop songs in SingStar, etc. is cheating. I like that because... Adam, sent from my iPad. Also, it shows that Adam listens to the show and knows exactly what you would do. So you still take that. Next question. (laughs) It's not anymore. Um, Favourite music recently was from Everybody's Gone to the Rapture and uh, Jessica Curry's work in that, which I was thinking about um, a few days ago. So think about the soundtrack to my my new game, not Pixelgrams, but Chime. And uh, what sort of music we want to get in there and I was thinking how I had mixed feelings about every everybody's gone to the rapture um, it raised a lot of interesting questions about game design to me I didn't think it was perfect and it actually broke for me but the thing that stuck with me was the setting and the ambience and a lot of that was from the music mm. I don't know what my favourite I'm actually the review I'm doing later is a bit is sort of about a, well it's about a music mm. creation-y game okay. and I really enjoyed that I think yeah I don't know. I think often uh, I don't really focus on it just because it, it it's part of the. Um... All right, I'll, I'll I'll give a second answer for okay, you. Okay, go. Uh, <laughs> best video game soundtrack in recent memory by some distance is N plus plus. Okay, uh, has an astonishing soundtrack. Every track on there is is just brilliant and so well suited to the game as well. I love it, and uh, I know that there's a soundtrack a copy of the soundtrack on YouTube. If you haven't got the game, you should go and listen to that. After you finish listening to it, you should go out and buy a PS4 and then buy M++ and lock yourself in a room for a couple of weeks. Do nothing else. Further to those suggestions, uh, I really loved the uh, original music to um, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Absolutely Mm. loved it. Always sort of got my groove on in my chair. And then I experimented with the whole, you know, add your own music and move to your own beat kind of thing so I kind of accidentally made everything in the navy by the village <laughs> and so I now need to sort of find the way to go back but um, yeah so before I meddled brilliant after I've meddled brilliant in a different way <laughs> Okay, thanks, Adam. Next letter. So, I have a message from Hall Ben. 
perhaps Ben Hall, that says, Hello team, possibly plus a super special guest. Now, I doubt that any of Team OLL will have noticed this, but Taylor Swift has started having super special guests come on stage at her gigs. Interesting. For instance, when I went to see her at the Delaware in Normodome, the super special guests were the Reynolds Girls and Baltimore. Anyway, I think this means that Ms. Swift is definitely a listener to the show. So my question is, what computer game would you recommend Taylor play and why? Cheerio, Ben! Interesting. Ooh. That would be, uh, you know, if, if Taylor asked me that question, that would be super important because I'd feel like I had to get it right. And weirdly, I've never thought about it before. Hmm. Mm. It would have to be something that she loved. I think it'd have to be cute. I think she'd have to be able to take it on tour. Yeah, maybe it would, it would maybe have to be, be a mobile game. Do you know what it might be? What? I know exactly what it would be. It'd be Animal Crossing. Yeah, <laughs> It would be would Animal Crossing she, because she would love it. She would move into a house and there'd be a cat who she'd make friends with. It'd be adorable. But also, we'd be able to connect and we'd send villagers to and from. And it'd be, it'd be so good. So good. She would love that, wouldn't she? She really would. That takes all of her boxes. Animal Crossing. She's got a bit more spare time on her hands now, poor Taylor. Mm, heard that. Oh dear. Quite a happy ending. <laughs> uh, greetings from Oslo, team and SSG. I'm tapping out, uh, this out on hotel Wi-Fi in Norway, where last night I found myself at an awesome gaming bar called Tilt. They have vintage vintage cabs and cocktail cabinets for all the tables and a lot of pinball and then half a dozen massive shuffleboard tables. My girlfriend wiped the floor with me at shuffleboard. I liked it so much, I bought a beer chalice as a souvenir. What's the weirdest bit of game merch you've ever acquired? Pip Pip, Robert. Mm. Um, I uh, was doing some unpacking at the weekend and found a piece of game merchandise that uh, I was given. Um, and I have two branded hip flasks at home. <laughs> right, I've got one of those yeah. as well, haven't I, somewhere? Yeah. yeah. I think I've got one somewhere as well. I like hip flasks, they're useful. Well. <laughs> I could do without t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. They're always the wrong size as well. It's kind of like, I, I'm really not a men's XXXL and, and you're a bit you like... surprise well. me. <laughs> Although I got a bit protective over one of them because a, a gentleman did try and steal it from me and I was like, even though, not mine, and like, even though <laughs> I don't want it, I want the ability to give it to someone of my choosing <laughs> who isn't trying to like half inch it off the back of my chair while I'm not paying attention. Uh, we, uh, when I was working at Edge, we once got sent some erotic dice. Wow. What? For a, uh, a, an erotic, in air quotes, video game, PC video game. Wow. Um, but I don't know where they are. If I if I still had them, they would definitely come with us to Nottingham Game City Obviously. every year. Obviously. Every year, and we'd lock we'd lock Keith Stewart in the bathroom until he did something <laughs> with them. Uh, but no, I uh, don't know where they've come from. Uh, they've gone sadly. Uh, mm. I tend not to take uh, video game merchandise because it just takes up space yeah. in your house. Charles Cecil gave me a broken sword USB key. That oh, was good. It would only have been good if he'd have actually given you a broken sword. No, this was good. 16 gig. Oh, no, exp- no expense spared. I'll tell you something. It's not video game merchandise, but I got given a special pen for Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. And it was uh, like a metal dagger that had like a pen tip at the end mm-hmm. and you just you know, wrote with it. And it is why I got stopped at customs going <laughs> to uh, Mallorca, I think. Um, because they were like, Madam, is there something in your bag that you would like to tell us about? And I'm just sat there racking my brains because I'm like, notepad, pen, Kindle, you know, it's just like, and he was like, you know, a dagger. I was like, oh, you mean my pen. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you did you get it through security? Um, I it's just a pen. Yeah, I think I had to like the guy was really tetchy about me like reaching into my bag to like get it out because yeah. obviously I could still have this been bluffing be and I yeah. could have just been about to to really go for him. I don't know, but yeah. So that was an awkward one, and I put it. I definitely put it in the in the carrier luggage on my on my way. Home. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, we've got one more letter from a little while ago. Uh, okay. Dear team and SSG, I'm currently watching Stephen Colbert interview No Man's Sky developer Sean Murray. It was a genuine and unbiased look at a traditionally ignored subject in late night TV. I feel this is a glimpse at how the rest of the world will soon come to accept video games as a true art form. If you had a nationally syndicated late night talk show, which game, past or present, would you premiere first? Pip Pip, Joe K. 
Uh, obviously, uh, you're talking to me. <laughs> obviously, it would be Animal Crossing. I'd bring Taylor on yeah. to demonstrate it. Like, no question. Yeah. What? Either that or I'd play F-Zero AX, the arcade machine, and get to take it home afterwards. I think I'd just like to have, you know, more of people just chatting about what they've been playing and what was awesome, I think. That's you know, exactly just more what we do, Pip. Well, exactly. It already exists. But you need to do, do it, you know, with, with video cam. Well, don't tell us. <laughs> tell the people who won't let us have a camera. It's <laughs> a radio station. Let's fine. get late night syndicated, Steve. One Life Left After Dark. <laughs> like but, you know, idea. in the same way that they have, I don't know, like Graham Norton's What's It mm. chat. I can't remember what his show is, but, um, you know, on, on BBC One, like primetime kind of yeah. evening. And because, you know, people do talk about games in an entertaining way. And I think just having, you know, what have you been up to? What have you been playing? What have you been working on? I mean, you know, I think that could be really cool. Could be. One Life Left Nights. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> uh, thank you for all your letters. But that's not it. No. Because we have some physical posts for the first <gasps> time in ages. If you want to send us phys- physical, real, actual, tangible posts, you can do that by addressing it to uh, Resonance 104.4 <laughs> FM, 144 Borough High Street, London, SE1, 1LB. And also, for fanatics, this is uh, where you can meet us. <laughs> yeah, you can. Okay, I'm opening uh, opening the parcel we got. We've got two things. And uh, yeah. take the letter. Here is the parcel. Oh, look. It's come with a press release, and it says, one of the most effortless and masterly voices in video game writing, New Statesman, uh, Death by Video Game. Uh, it's Simon Parkin's book. Oh, Parker. Doesn't Parker write for the New Statesman? Yeah. And that's a quote from the New Statesman just saying that it's... about himself. There's well, a little um, picture at the bottom of him as well, just in is. case. Just in case you're worried. Does the press release make it not a death threat then? Because if he sends death by video games books at people in the post. Have a look in the front, see if he's written anything Uh, in there. Well, this bit's printed. It says death by video game. Simon Parkin. I think that's where he would have written it. This bit's to Christian Donlan. This bit's (laughs) the contents. All right, then the book starts. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Shall I tell you how it ends? Return to sender. Blah, blah, blah. We could, Special we could thanks. communicate with him via, via his own book. Circling There's nothing in there. And, and no dedication. Words. Nothing. This is nonsense. All right, thanks, Simon. Well, maybe he sent it here because we've got another bit of uh, post, which is... To Anne Scanterbury, One Life Left. Okay. Oh, it looks like That's an me. actual card yeah. or something. It's not been my birthday, has it? Okay, I don't know, has it? I don't think so. It doesn't look like you've got older. It says, anything is possible, then it's got a picture of a fairy with her knickers showing. Anything is possible, she believes, so she grew wings and flew like an angel to the stars. She didn't know that the the back of her dress was tucked into her knickers, though, but hey, you can't have it all. Right, okay. Okay, oh, wow. It is my birthday. Dear Anne, (laughs) I started listening to One Life Left a couple of years ago. And given various things you have said, it seemed that we must be very close in age. But after you mentioned your birthday on a recent show, I realised that we were born on the same day! What? (laughs) Unbelievable! What are the odds of that? Someone once told me what the odds were, and it's It's, really boring. It's one in 365. May the 13th, 1985. Oh, right. The actual same day. Yeah. So as a fellow soon-to-be, no longer 20-something, I just want... I turned 20 in May. At 30 in May. <laughs> turned 20 in May 10 years ago. Um, I just wanted to show solidarity by wishing you a very happy birthday. Hope you have a fantastic day and keep up the good work on the show. Love, David. Oh, thank you, David. David. That's so That's sweet. Great. Anything is possible. That's very nice. I wonder who I share a birthday with. We could, we could look up on the internet and find out. February 14th, 1994. You share a birthday with Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Okay, thank you for all of your letters. If you want to send us physical posts, well, we already read out that address, but if you want to send us, you know, the other kind of post, e-post, or <laughs> the kids call it email. Email. Uh, email. You can do that by... Team at onelifelift.com. Okay, let's have another piece of music. This is a proto-flight, let's say. Proto-flight. It definitely is. This is proto-flight.
Okay, you are listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, the award-winning One Life Left. You can't can't argue with that. No, because you, can't we did ta- you can't ever take that whatever, away from us. However many more people they give <laughs> Games Media Awards to, we are... We're award-winning. And award actually, winning. as part of unpacking, I did unpack the GMA because I am the current holder of it. <laughs> current and only ever. I'm like, I'm keeping it. The current holder nice. of the One Life so Left GMA and Scantlebury. You didn't do like a Mean Girls, break it into lots of different pieces, really, chuck it into the audience. It's quite a heavy thing. Quite a, well, actually, I noticed increasingly it's quite light. Is it? They've, <laughs> I'm not, saying, it away. I'm not saying <laughs> they're worth less or any less important than RGMA. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's it's very good that they keep awarding them. But it's almost like the year that they awarded the GMA to us, they were like, "Yeah, we're, we're sort of done now. Let's use all the offcuts from the other GMAs yeah. and sort of spread them out among, spread the love." I mean, obviously, that's in a the radio show slash podcast uh, category slash in house. Yeah, um, but the rising star category. Yeah, that's still they're still looking for still a winner. Looking. They Aren't keep, they? they? Every year they're like, one. well, we hope this star will rise. Never does. No. Nope. Never does. <laughs> Still looking. Maybe this year will be different. Pip. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> You're nominated, aren't you? You're yeah. You're up for an award. <laughs> yeah, I am. It's exciting. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been up for an award before. What, never it's... at school or anything? I don't... Well, I mean, I won maths prizes. But people really? used to more kind of roll their eyes at that maths rather than, important. you know, anything else. I won the uh, good work prize in, in junior Did school. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I got the Not librarianship e- prize. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get the efforts prize? Ab? No, I won um, a prize for English at secondary school, and they really? gave me some money to go out and buy some books that they would then give to me at the ceremony. But um, and you had to give them in before the uh, ceremony happened, and they gave them back to me and told me that they were. Unsuitable. I basically got some <laughs> filthy books. <laughs> Went and bought to kill a mockingbird instead. <laughs> so, what does rising star mean to you, Pip? What does it mean? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't really. I, I. I mean, it's really nice that someone took the time to like nominate me, and that meant a lot. But I. I'm still slightly baffled as to. Right. I mean, I'm 31. It feels like getting ID'd when you're buying wine. <laughs> Anything is possible. It's Anything nice, is though. possible. No, you just know you're doing so well now. But you are. You've got a way to go everyone else who's 31 that's it they're basically done they're I, got, the I got ID'd while I was buying some uh, pims in a can <laughs> the other day and she said she said have you got any ID and I just looked at her and went mm. <laughs> and she said doesn't matter <laughs> and um, uh, so who are your rivals Pip who, who, who are you up against in the category oh gosh you're testing my memory now um, I believe uh, Kate Gray uh... she's, she's rubbish <laughs> She's been on the show, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's are we just, no, but are we backing people that have been on the show? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're uh, backing her for runner-up. Yeah. Rhea Jenkins. She's rubbish. Run it, runner Chris up. Bratt. Runner Awful. Up. <laughs> Laura Kate Dale. Dreadful. Runner-up. <laughs> Wait, has she been on the show? I don't think so. Okay, well, she's rubbish. Next. Uh, Holly Nielsen. Terrible. She's been on the show. But runner-up. Runner-up to the other two. Yeah. Uh, Alphabetically. Is it Drew Gibson? Have you got the list in front no. of you? No, Drew Gibson. It feels like a memory like yeah. test, and don't, I'm sort of look right. Don't I pretend you haven't been doing incantations pa- every night, <laughs> cursing them. I'm uh, this weekend. I made thirty pages of League of Legends notes. I have absolutely no capacity say, for understanding anything. All else of those in people might be. Right they now. might be your rivals, but they could be League of Legends characters. They might we well just, be. We I just mean, don't I'm know. just. I'm really worried that I can't remember Kate's ultimate right now or Chris's like W ability or you know Holly's passive I just I really I'm concerned that when we when we go up against each other for the big fight on stage which so, I believe will happen when you're on stage and you win <laughs> because that will happen when we win when we win Pip this is a promise this is a, a blood promise oh god 
we will thank you yeah. on stage. With our tops off. Oh. Anne, with Anne's top off. Will you thank us with Anne's top off when you win? If, but sure. No, when? When? Positive energy. When you Anything win. is possible. Sure. When you, no, no, sure. Yes, I will thank you, One Life Left. I will thank you with Anne's top off. One Life Left. One Life Left. IDST. <laughs> IDSTF. IDST forever. Um, <laughs> Good. When I was just uh, searching for GMA's Rising Star mm. nominees 2015, I accidentally typed in Riding Star. Nice. Who is, nice. Well, who's that? Know. Who's up for that? Parker. <laughs> Next. Uh, so who's so? Just to uh, finish off this before we go into the reviews, who are we up against? Oh, hang on. I... So because one life left, as you might know if you've been following the show, is we're up against. We're up for a GMA again. What is? How many GMAs have there been? Eight. We've been at all of them. We've yeah. been at all of them. When it wants, um, th- this year, nailed on favourites for the award because we're up against... Obviously. Uh, uh, who are we up against? We're up against the BBC again, aren't we? We're up against the BBC. The BBC's rubbish. Aww. No. Having just talked no, up their League of Legends No sympathy. Coverage. Next. <laughs> uh, I can't find it. Can't find it. Okay, well, <laughs> be assured that one, if you're going to put some money on anything this week, put it on One Life Left, lifting the GMA for a triumphant second time, <laughs> which means we get to keep the trophy. Even if we have to steal it. <laughs> Especially if we have to steal it, although we probably won't because the trophies are a bit rubbish these days. Oh, that's not right. One Life Left, <laughs> potential, <laughs> potential best radio show. Uh, this... This is, our <laughs> this is our review section. There we go. They get um, an engineer at the BBC, don't they? I think so. so we ride our so own desk. We, yeah, we're in house. We're in house. Riding star. <laughs> what's your? Uh, what's what have you been playing this weekend? Uh, I've been playing uh, Panoramical. Oh wow! Ooh, I want to play that. It's such a good game, and you would love it. So it's uh, sort of a uh, mu- a very trippy musical creation game. Um, I got stuck on one level. Oh my god! Did you get trapped within a level and couldn't leave? Because yes. that happened to me, and yes. I felt really sick a couple of times. <laughs> uh, so this the first level that I got trapped on. Uh, so what it is is there is a landscape, and there are nine. Uh, nine controllers in the corner which uh, you can control with various different things I was doing it on laptop so I was controlling it with um, corresponding uh, keys on the keyboard Um, and you basically move move a little like dot around where where it's placed in the square for the corresponding key by holding the key down and moving the key moving your finger around on the mouse pad okay so and then that makes bits of the uh, landscape change but also changes the audio very significantly Mm. so you can make a beautiful thing that sounds terrible or you can make a lovely sounding thing that maybe doesn't look quite so interesting Uh, so I started off by going put everything up make it look incredible and beautiful and then I felt like I'd done an awful lot of drugs like drugs that I would never um and i really was in a space where i just needed to be calm so i was trying to make the calmest music out of this um some some like quite disturbing uh scratchy noises mm. but i did it and i felt really amazing congratulations um and then eventually managed to get out and get into some uh, other levels and they are beautiful just stunning there are guest uh, artists and guest um uh, music contributors for all of them. I think one of them that I um, did was uh, the music was by Bion. Bion. Yeah. And, He's our friend, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and uh, George Buckingham did a level as well. And they, oh my goodness, it was just so beautiful. And it's such a lovely, um, a lovely thing to play with and just sort of explore your way through it. And it's sort of the mixture of these incredible visuals and you're sort of trying to find the mix between beautiful visuals and creating a sound that you find lovely and pleasing as well. Mm. Yeah, and it's just really nice and you like you can go through all these different levels and they all have different sounds um, and different visuals. It's really beautiful. 
Sounds, really, really sounds quite nice for something that's definitely not a game. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm only saying that because Simon's not here and I yeah, have to... Yeah, I know. And you don't win or whatever. Win. whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so Who cares about winning? something I didn't get when I was playing around with it was what quite why it gates progression. You know, why you have to do one level before the next one opens up to you, whether that's just a way of, like, drip-feeding ah. you the stuff. Right, or... so what I did was, because I was confused by that, and I went into the settings and unlocked all levels. Huh. <laughs> I did not know you could do that. I uh, because just, I am yeah. impatient and I don't like to feel like I'm being held back. Um, so, so, yeah, so that's how I did it. And it was really lovely because I was able to move at it through my, at my own pace. Um, mm. And it sort of feels like that's, that's what I needed. For that. What are you going to give it, Anne? I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Pip, what have you been playing? I have, as previously mentioned, spent most of my time absorbed in the whole League of Legends thing because uh, what I'm trying to do at the moment is I have a a broad understanding of the scene, but I want to actually get, you know, the fine technical detail down so that I can really dig into how it all works and fits together and the, you know, how how the tiny moments play out and and what's actually going on within those. But good Lord, it's like A-level revision all up in my room right now. Yeah, I tweeted a picture, but it's like, I'm not kidding about the 30 pages of notes. I know that because I kept dropping them, so I ended up having to write the actual pagination in the mm. corner of the, of the thing. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's. I think it's really good, and it's going to... I think it's actually going to improve my knowledge of, of gaming as a whole because I've always found systems quite opaque to, to deal with and they don't sort of reveal themselves easily in a way that they do to to other people just based on how your mind works, I think. so. But that's been very much my thing and it actually has come without playing the games. It's to do with watching and, and sort of slowing things down and unpicking. Um, so, yeah. Who's your favourite ADC? I like, I like Double Lift. <laughs> do I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about either. But you know, Connor, our programmer, taught taught me. I just I was worried that what happens. I don't I don't know. But I was worried that what would happen if I was at a party with you know Mm. a cool girl and I needed to impress her with my league talk. And he was like, just just talk about your favourite ADC being double lift. And I was like, okay, I've got a line now. You know that no North American team is still in the competition, right? Right, yeah, but that's that's okay. So double lift isn't. There's no. So. But just my favourite can be. Oh, that's true. I'm painting you as a glory hunter. Yeah, I'm not. I'm very sorry. Double lift for life. (laughs) (laughs) You'd love when he he teamed up with Mad Life, so he was double life or Mad Lift. Yeah, that's right. What are you gonna give? um, (laughs) What are you gonna give? Revising, revising League of Legends. Solid seven Seven out out of ten. Uh, I've been playing. I've been playing Super Meat Boy. Oh really? Yeah, and that's quite interesting because presumably I reviewed this when I first played it on the PS3 uh, or the 360 a couple of years or a few more, loads of years ago. Um, And I suspect my opinion will be exactly the same. I find it not as good a game as N Plus Plus, which is my favourite, favourite, favourite thing. It's pure platform game, but as sort of a sort of almost to break my addiction it's been quite useful the physics aren't quite as nice I don't like the controls not quite as fine grained Um, it is fun and it is very very slick and I'm enjoying finding all the secrets Uh, but for me it's a solid 7 out of 10 good work nice thanks so much for coming on the show Pip that's all right. It's really, been fun. really enjoyed your company, and you stepped in at the last minute, and you were absolutely exceptional as always. <laughs> Good luck on Wednesday night. Oh, uh, and you guys, we don't need luck. We don't need luck. <laughs> it's nailed on. We're going to win. But in the tragic event that there is some kind of administrative error, <laughs> which, which is all, uh, which, which is all that could possibly be at this stage, <laughs> or bribery, then well done to all of our competitors. You are all brilliant as well, and well done to all of the people in your category who are going to come run us up because they are all exceptional. <laughs> we will see them all and possibly push them over on Wednesday night and we will tell you all how that is going next Monday. But yep. until then, uh, thank you so much for listening. We have been One Life Left. Goodbye! See you bye! bye.